Welcome everybody to episode 49. Today we will be focusing on Phantom News and Phantom Comics and there is quite a bit so please uh, be prepared uh, for a full on episode and we will try and keep it as quick as possible but this is the Phantom so we'll see how we go. Okay so with uh, with me and like with normal we have uh, Dan and Steve. How are you going guys? Good Jim, good to be here. Hello everyone. G'day, Jim. G'day, Dan. Right. Yep, I'm good. <laughs> That's good. So, um, how are you going, yes. Jim? You had a big night last night. I, I don't drink, but I felt like I was out all night, and like I felt <laughs> like I hang up, I woke up a hangover or something. It was a big night, actually. Yeah. Um, Where were yes, you? For those who this? don't know, <laughs> for those who don't know, I went to uh, the Perth uh, showing of Hero Complex with. Uh, with our phantom buddy called Sammy J, who a few people may know. Um, for those who don't know, he was in episode 46. I think it was, or was it 45? One of those two. Um, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so it was really, really good. Um, Stephen, you've seen it. So, yeah. um, Dan, you haven't yet? No, I'm very jealous. I would love to see it. Yes, it's, no it's spoilers. very good. No, 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 no. Um, for those who haven't gone yet, uh, Sammy J is uh, going to be doing it in Melbourne again in the, uh, and also in Adelaide, and he's looking at uh, some other places around as well. Um, so when and if we find out any more details, we will let people know. Well, um, but for those who... It, for for sorry, the Melbourne shows, he's actually doing it as part of the, a part of the um, Melbourne Comedy Festival next year, from what I hear. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and then Adelaide's next year as well. So, when all of that, when all of those details become public knowledge and stuff like that, we will uh, let everyone know because it's it's fun. Now, I don't know about you, Steve, but what I liked about it was, as he's telling his story about the Phantom, his relationship with the Phantom, and other relationships and stuff like that. Especially when it came to the Phantom, I saw a lot of me in the story. <laughs> Very relaxed, especially in your yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's um, I must admit, I wasn't as much of a geek as him because like I played football and stuff like that as well. So if anyone gave me a bit of dish, I just waited for the weekend and then gave it back to him. And so they kind of <laughs> after a while. So I wasn't quite at his geek level, but um, yeah, there was it was very relatable. Um, and it's amazing how many Phantom fans are coming out of the woodwork. Like last night, there would have been. Oh, probably seventy odd people in the little it was a little hall, um, and like he, he does a little quiz of all like fan and trivia, and I'm proud to say I was not the only one who knew most of the answers. So <laughs> yes, it was very good. Did you get all the answers correct, Stephen? Oh yeah, absolutely. And the um, the trick question. Did he do the trick question with you about devil? Yes, yes, yeah. yes. He's not actually a dog. He's a wolf. <laughs> yes. Just with that one quietly to myself, and then the, the bloke beside me kind of looks over me and smiles. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So no, it was very good. So we'll give that a bit of a plug out. Continue. But let's get straight into the news. Um, so the first bit of news uh, we want to talk about is the Phantom puzzles coming from Fanfare, which at the moment is pre-order through some uh, websites. 
Um, and it's around $40-odd each. Now, guys, are you going to... Well, first of all, let's talk about the puzzle. So let me mention. So there's two at the moment. First of all, first one is the Fru 1000th issue. And then the next one is the Phantom Wedding poster, which was done by Cy Barry. Now, there's a bit of a story with the Cy Barry one, which I'll save. I'll stop talking let you guys have a bit of a, uh, a talk about it, and then we can quickly mention a little bit of the backstory with the wedding poster. But are you guys going to get these? Um, I'm keen to. I think I might uh, drop a hint for Christmas for these ones. Yes. Yeah, that's uh, exactly what I was going to say too. I'm, I love them. I, the wedding poster in particular... Uh, is a favourite image of mine, and um, I've I've actually got a large copy of that hanging up on the wall. So um, mm. that that's a beautiful one. I, I, the the other one I'll get absolutely as well. Um, I don't like the image as much, but um, I, I I'd love to get two um, of each one to uh, open and uh, put put together, and another one to keep in the box. But yeah, Christmas present for me, I think. That was going to be my next question: Is are you going to be getting two each or just one? Well, at the price tag of thirty-five dollars or forty dollars, you know, getting four of them, things are going to get uh, That's right, pricey yeah. pretty quickly. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I've realistically, the, the one. Yeah, I've come up with a solution. You yeah. you get the second set for the kids <laughs> because you're oh, spending then... you're spending what hundred bucks, two, three hundred dollars, or whatever on the kids for their Christmas presents. So save it coming out of your Christmas money, which, let's face it, is usually a little bit lower than what you spend on the kids. If you get the one set for yourself, which stays tucked away, and then you get a set for the kids, which goes out of their money, and then that way you've got your set to open. <laughs> you've been thinking about this, haven't you? Yes, I have. <laughs> <laughs> See, my plan, my plan was to drop hints around the family, and then they would buy one for me. Uh, surprise, surprise, I know nothing about it. But meanwhile, I get one each for the kids and, and just be shocked when we've all given each other phantom puzzles for Christmas. Yes, another one, another one, another one. Very good. Um, so you can get away so, with it too, Dan, because your kids are a bit older, like Jermaine and mine, are, they're a bit young for the Yeah, well, that's right. <laughs> yeah, my kids are a chance of putting a, what is it, a thousand-piece jigsaw puzzle together, so. Yeah. Our attention spans and our kids are maybe about four or five pieces and then it will be thrown around and we'll be playing a thousand pickup. You get to eat them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, Dan, you were saying that you have the wedding poster. Is that one of the uh, originals that was originally released in the 70s by King Features? Um, I think so. It's a 1977 um mark on the bottom of it and it's called a special limited edition or limited edition is the wording um yeah. but i think there's um i think there's some signed ones don't you have a signed one I, mine yeah. mine's certainly not signed but i love so it yours isn't signed so there's three different versions there's the unsigned which you've got and then there's the ones that are signed just by cy barry and then there are ones that are signed by lee fork and cy barry now according to what i have found out is that um uh, Barry signed all the ones that were supposedly to be signed, and there was a set number. I think it might have been 150 or, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's the number I've heard. Um, and then what happened is Lee Falk signed some of them, but there was a big batch of, say, 50 or, or something, and he never got around to signing. And then um, when some of the estate was getting sold off, those ones ended up getting sold, the ones with just 
uh, Cy Barry's signature on them. So there's three different versions you can get. Mm. Now, so I you, lo- sorry? Which one have you got? I've got the one that's been signed by both of them. Of course you do. Of course you do. <laughs> and I, I picked it up for a dirt cheap price. Like I'm talking about dirt cheap, like including shipping from America. And I didn't even real. I just assumed it was a, um, a printed signature. And then it wasn't until probably five years later after I got it, I was talking to a guy and he goes, no, 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 they're actually signatures. So I pull it out of the frame and I'll look at it and find the indents. And it's like, oh. Ah. <laughs> so, Unreal. So, yeah. Now, there is a uh, an article that talks about the whole history behind the uh, poster. So what we'll do is, when you're listening to this, and if you want to know a little bit more about uh, this wedding poster, it will be in the uh, blog post, so you can have a bit of a read of it, and you can have a bit of a a bit of a history update on the, the uh, poster. Save us going all over it on the podcast, and it will give you a chance to uh, go over <laughs> In your own time. So the other bit of exciting news, which um, Christmas is going to be very, very busy for us. Um, I think we're <laughs> going to have to do some extra work around the yard. Is that there is the Trading Card Gallery Series Two. Now we briefly mentioned this in the uh, ADF. Um, what do you call it? ADF review that we did. Um, so guys, are you going to be getting these ones as well? This is something I'm, I'm quite keen on. Last time I was in my um, local comic shop. She, the, the, the owner was very keen on it. She goes, oh, you heard about these, these cards? I said, oh, as a matter of fact, I have. So, um, <laughs> so hopefully they're going to get the, uh, the box in and I'll buy a box offer. So you go in the box? You're going yeah. for a full box and then open them and... Well, the way you were saying it the other day, I, I think that's the way to go. Yeah. If the price is right, of course. Yeah, if the price is right. So, so what about you, Dan? Well, oh, I, I'm sure I'm going to get them um, because I just won't be able to help myself uh, when they come out. Um, <laughs> last time when the Series 1 card came out actually was in the late 90s and I was working in a newsagent at the time. So um, I was picking up I, – I never I never thought to pick up a box, but uh, I was on um, 12 hours a week wages or something, so I would never have afforded that. But uh, I bought a, a packet oh, – most days while they were out and ended up with a complete, <laughs> almost two complete uh, um, uh, runs of the cards. So, um, yeah, they, they need a they need a partner sitting up on the shelf, so I'm sure Series 2 will come into it. <laughs> I just yeah. remember Paperboy back when the, um, the first series was out. So, oh, yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, at the end of the week when I you know, got me money, I'd buy you know, at least a pack or two. So, yeah, I used to have a, a, a fair whack of them, but then um, a mate of my brother's somehow found them and I never saw them again well, <laughs> apart from a couple of still a couple of cards that weren't in my um, collection like weren't in the, the main collection I'd kept them aside so um, I was a little bit ticked off with this bloke and he denied it vehemently but um, one minute they're there and the next minute they're not well oh. if he's listening to this now I think he needs to look deep inside himself and have a good hard think about what he's done and get those cards back to you that's right I remember. His, I won't say his name online, but um, <laughs> I don't no, even know where. Not. I don't even know where he is now. He knows who he is, and he <laughs> knows your address to post him to you. M M. I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I missed the collecting card um, 
phase because up in Jelton, where I grew up, which is you know, a country town, uh, north of Perth, WA, they didn't actually, none of the news agents actually had the fandom cards. So I had to get them afterwards. So the question that, that I kind of had was, do you use weight? And this is, the, this is the dilemma for a lot of fans, I reckon. Do you wait and buy, like, the complete set, like, off eBay? Or do you buy a box, like you, you guys have said you're going to do, and I'm hoping to do as well, and then try and piece them together and then have, you know, 50 of one card and 20 of this card and everyone be missing that one certain card and then having to buy another box to try and get the chase cards and or do we just or do we just buy them off eBay? I, I think it adds an element of fun or something, you know, back when you're a teenager and you had to try and collect those cards to, to get them, you know, now that we're a bit older and we've got a little bit more, well, sometimes we've got a bit more money in our pocket um, <laughs> to actually buy the box. It, yeah, just, you know, it, it's the thrill of the chase, you know, rather than just going on to eBay and, oh, here it is, I'll just take it now. Yeah, yeah, I'd no. agree with that 100%. Um, mm. I, I don't know that I'd be... I'd, I, when I say I've got the complete set of the cards there, I don't have many of the chase cards, and I think I've only got one of the legend cards and these sorts of things. And so, I mean, once I had the 1 to 90 or 1 to 108 or whatever they are, um, numbered cards, I was happy. And I think in this day and age, um, there's going to be so much um, posting on, on Phantom Collector Facebook and, and the other Facebook sites of I've got, you know... I've got 20 of these who want some. Um, I need a 73. Has anyone got that sort of thing? So, And yes. uh, they'll post in envelopes very easily. So, Yes. I, th- I look yeah, forward to the fun of that. Australia yes, I, I must admit I'll do as well. Yes. We'll probably keep them, uh, We'll probably keep everyone in Australia post employed for another month or two. Because <laughs> in some places they only deliver the mail in like two or three times a week now. Yeah, that's true. Happens around here. Mm. So anyway, so keeping up with the uh, phantom spending, which we will all be doing between now and Christmas, <laughs> is the Icon ring set, which made news the uh, this past week of um, of recording. So, what about this set, guys? You're going to be getting this one as well. Uh, it is absolutely stunning. I I love the photos that they've put up. They seem like it's such a a clean ring, both of them, uh, so well cut. Um, I hope the, the final product is as good as the ones they've put up there. I really love the packaging as well. I think the you know coming out of the box with all the sawdust and the skull setting looks just really really cool. And yes, I'm I'm going to have to get myself one of these. I think. So that's a yes for Dan. Is that a yes for Steve? <laughs> a um, long-winded yes, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with everything that, that Dan says. It looks awesome, but um. Whether I can find, and it's, I better say whether I can afford the two hundred bucks. Having said that, it's reasonably priced. Like, yeah, exactly. Two hundred bucks for what you're getting. It. Yeah, like, mm. um, yeah. If it was uh, Bradford, it would be you know, four hundred and fifty or something like that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, well, yeah, for for the first one, and then the second one would come in a month, and it might come with packaging if you're lucky. <laughs> then you have to fork out another two hundred for the scale. But um. Yep. <laughs> But no, they they look awesome. But um, whether I can budget for it is a um, another another thing. They're at so, that tricky sort of a price, aren't they? Yeah. Mm. So it's, it's a, a not straight away. Maybe later down the track when I pick up some extra work. 
that's yeah. <laughs> when I got a bit of extra, when I save up for it, you know, do it the old way, the old fashioned way, just save up for what you really want to get, and then you can use that money to spend it. Well, I'll I'll give them a shout out now. My local comic shop, uh, Kaboom Comics in Toowoomba, is uh, doing the pre-orders now and only charging one ninety. So if uh, mm. that, that saves you a week of your saving, I'll um, buy one for you and post it down. <laughs> but then you'll be spending ten bucks on postage. postage yeah, that's right. <laughs> but again, you'll be keeping Australia Post employed. So yeah, uh, my point around. is. Folks should go. No, don't just um, don't just jump on pop culture and, and do the pre-order. Mm. Go and check your local comic shop. They may well have them. And, and as I said, mine's saving ten bucks, and I'm not paying for postage, so probably closer to yes. twenty. Yes, and even some comic book stores and stuff like that are like they have like uh, like special weekends and stuff like that. Like they might have. Um, I know mine do like they'll have like a some event they'll make up or something, and then they'll do. Instead of 10% off for um, members, it'll be 15% off for members or 20% off for members and 10% off for the sure. new ones. So, you know, you might even be able to, you know, swing it around with them and stuff because it's good to keep uh, money locally, support the local business and, and stuff like that. So it's a very good idea. Yeah, my local one does the same sort of thing, has special nights for those of us who have got um, standing orders and that type of thing. But... um. Yeah, having said, I've been trying my local retails for the um for the Grey Phantom, and none of them have got them, so I'm gonna to have to go on go mm. online and get straight from Pop Culture. Have to spend the extra. Yeah, so your on. comic book shop, the comic book shop didn't have them. No, nah, they said that they did, but I never saw them, and they never put one aside mm. for me to buggers. So um, mm. they did have them, but um, I just have to bite the bullet, pay an extra ten bucks for postage, and and get yeah. it so I can have the full set. Finally, got a full set. You need the set. <laughs> <laughs> and, these so, things, yeah, and these things are cheap enough that you know it doesn't break the bank yeah. and I don't have to um, defend myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like that sometimes. Like you buy something for wife, and and what what, <laughs> what you're doing is you actually you know you buy it. That's the easy thing. The hard thing is trying to sell. Why you spent X amount of money to the wife, and you got to like, you know, and then you're gonna do it at a certain time. Like you can't do it when she's in a bad mood because it will just, <laughs> just won't work. And so you almost like have to, but you can't do it too, you can't do it too obvious because then she'll know something's up. So you got to like, you know, like be good in, in like whether it's extra job or cook a breakfast in the morning or you know do that coffee for her first thing or something, and you kindly slightly slide it in and. And then she'll say, oh, okay, yeah, that's fine. And it's like, yes. <laughs> well, as if she's not used to it by now, mate. She'd be more surprised on a day when you say, oh, no, I didn't buy any fandom stuff today. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I must admit, it's probably, yeah, not every day, but pretty close to almost every day I'll probably find something that I want to buy. And that. <laughs> but um, no, very. Uh, I'm assuming you guys do something very similar with your wives. Well, I um, I picked up a couple of extra uh, Monkeys of Melbourne mugs the other day and then rearranged all of the mugs um, on the shelf to fit them in and all that sort of thing um, to a different spot. And um, when my wife said, Have you, are those new mugs? I was able to say, well, no, I've just rearranged them and they've come to the front. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, no, it looks good this way. <laughs> Very good. Because you're... It was my four-year-old who realised that I, that I had two of those pop, um, pop vinyls up on my 
up on top of my CD <laughs> instead of just one when I first put it up there. Eagle eyes. <laughs> I've actually heard of another story. Um, uh, Chris, uh, Chris Hill, you know him, uh, Danny. Friend Vettie. of the podcast. Yeah, friend of the podcast, uh, top bloke as well. Um, he was telling me stories about like um, with his son, where or was it his son or maybe his daughter, daughters as well. Like he would be on eBay and be like, oh, I don't know if I've got that. And then they were like, oh no, Dad, you've got that. And he's like, are you sure? And they're like, yeah, I'll go get it for you. And, and then like they knew where everything was rather than Chris did. And it just reminded me of your story, Stephen, where it's like, you know, they may only be four and innocent and stuff like that, but they are smart. They're observing. Yeah, they're very and, smart. Mm. And you're imprinting some deep-seated phantom love right now, so I think I'm a big fan of that. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes, definitely. Well, I, I do it all the time with Abby, and I can't wait for the day where, you know, we can we can use her pocket money to buy stuff as well. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, talking about pocket money, we will need a little bit extra because, <laughs> yes, we have even more phantom items that are coming out. Now, now let me explain this one. Okay, so um, on the late just... What, a couple of days ago, half a week ago, a week ago on Chronicle Chamber, we posted some phantom undies. Um, now, this is still, this is like a developing story. So watch your space and keep an eye on it. Now, what I have been able to uh, confirm is that, um, oh, what have I confirmed? Um, sorry. <laughs> That there has been a license who they used to have Betty Boop and Popeye, and now they've extended their license to also include the Phantom. Um, and I believe it's not just the undies that I have uh, that we've posted about, and there's also other clothing as well. I have not been able to confirm that last bit, but when we find more clothing, when we um, uh, find more information, we will post it on the website. But um, I've got, we've got a few little, we've got a few people, we've got a few people in the US looking for information, and then we've also got some um, uh, friends who, who know the license uh, companies better than what we do, and they're putting in some inquiries as well. So, when we know more information, we'll let you know, and then we'll also let you know if, say, like Phantom's Vault carries them, or if you can purchase them another way. But just talking about the Phantom boxes, what do you guys reckon about them? They're a bit loud, aren't they? <laughs> That's one way of calling them, yeah. But no, they're, <laughs> they're all right, I suppose. They're, they're more of a, a trunk than a, than a box, I, I think. Mm. So for those who don't know, Stephen, uh, the the guru of, um, of, of all that type of stuff, what is the difference between a trunk and a boxes? Well, the boxes are uh, usually a bit looser, I find. Like you know, usually they are cotton or you know satin or something like that. Whereas the the trunk you know, is a bit more tighter fitting. So it helps contain it a little bit better. Is that what you're saying? A bit more support. There's, yeah. There's more lift yeah. and support. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're talking about a bra or not here, but never mind. <laughs> Just looking so, at the tag so, in that photo, they've also got Hagar as well. So you've got Betty Boo, yes. Popeye, Phantom, and, and Hagar. We might grab a Mago yes. ones as well. 
<laughs> yeah, so so what do you guys reckon? You um, reckon we might be getting another uh, Devonport-style line, or do you reckon it'll be a bit of a fizzle and there might be one or two things? And will you be picking them up if they're readily available? So at the moment, they're just available in America, or that's where you've sourced yeah. the photo from? Yeah, that's where I sourced the photo. I have sourced um, a pair of boxes, um, or trunks, whatever you want to call them. Um, so I do own a pair, and I've been talking. One of the people I've been talking to is the actual seller. Um, now the store they brought it from was oh, what was it? It was rugged, rugged something. So um, let me just keep talking, and I'll uh, I'll Google it. Well, I don't mind the, the look of the boxes. They're, they are a bit loud, like you said, and uh, I know uh, it might have been John Cookson, I think, online. Another friend of the podcast has said that uh, that it wasn't the most inspiring design for him, but if this does turn out to be another Devon, a Davenport-style line, and I really hope that it does, um, then you know people will be able to pick and choose what they like. I think a lot of those Davenport things were also uh, very, very cluttered, you know, very, very busy. Um, but some of their stuff was really, really nice, and if there's enough, people can pick and choose what they like. Mm, definitely. So the so I have so we have been able to confirm that a rugged warehouse it does um, uh, does have them, um, and then we're you know trying to find out if there's any more and stuff like that. Um, any more places? Um, is that the name of the that's, that's the distributor, the or is that the make the maker? Uh, no, that's not the name of it's like the distributor. Okay. So we What's the, you do, do we know what the brand is? No, not yet. Okay. I have a hinkling, but I want to get kind of confirmation first. Fair enough. So what about you, Steve? What do you reckon of them? Yeah, they're, they're good. I reckon I was going to buy, buy a pair as soon as I can. Yeah. I reckon, um, like what you were saying, Dan, with the busyness, I think that's a very good point. But um, what I like about it is it's actually a different design than than what we're getting lately. Like, I, I don't know if you kind of, like with the, a lot of the stuff that we get these days tends to be from the same style guide. And it's very generic. Um, where this is something different, that's what I probably like the most about it. Yeah, I'd agree with that completely. It is good to see a new design out there rather than the same old shadowy face or, um, you know, half face, half skull is a very popular one. Um, so it is good to see something a bit different. Or the, or the Doug Kluber, what is that way? Yeah. Art just coming out yeah. all the time. Yeah. Yeah, and so I reckon I reckon it's a watch this space and I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. And um, I've, you know, I've had a few people talk to me offline and online and stuff like that who are interested in more information about it as well mm. um, and so I think I think there's definitely you know people in Australia that would um, be very eager for them if they become available so you know if they're readily available hopefully someone like a Phantom's Vault or something like that picks them up and it's easy for people to kind of get them Alrighty, more products to talk about. Okay, so this one, uh, I don't think we'll harp on too long because we've kind of already done that 
a few times on the podcast and on the website. But through Folio Series 2 is finally on the website and available for people to order. Now, some people will already know that it's been uh, advertised in the website. Uh, we've had a few people comment on that. Um, but it's now available for people to actually purchase on the website. So, Dan, I believe you brought a set. <clears throat> Yeah, I did. Um, I got the, the Folio 1, and um, I liked it. I liked the look of it as a package. Um, I've always said that I enjoyed the art uh, for the Australian versions of the Hermes series, which is what Series 2 is, and um, there's a couple in particular that I'm really looking forward to, to seeing up close and maybe even framing for the wall. But, um, yeah, no, so I've already already put in for that one. Yeah. Stephen? Uh, no, I haven't yet. I haven't got the first one either, so... Uh, yeah, yeah, they do look good. First one sold out, um, so I think now there was a little bit more of a um, how can I there there was more of a urgency with that because it was kind of like it was released at Supernova, so um, it's no surprise that was sold out very very quickly. Um, I expect Folio Series Two to probably sell out, maybe not as quickly. Um, I'm on the fence still regarding buying it or not. Um, I'm in the middle of another big fan purchase and just finishing up another one. So at the moment, it's something that I'm not getting. Um, but down the track, you know, I may if it's still available. But I don't think it's going to be something that I'm going to be too bummed out if I don't get. Rightio. So, okay. So let's continue on with all the stuff that you can spend all your money on and get your um, house uh, refinance for. So, as most people know, uh, the Melon Diary and Journal and Journal has already uh, has already come out. Now, is it just me, or do these diaries tend to come out earlier and earlier? Well, it is October. It's about, yeah. <laughs> about the same. A little bit later than the uh, Christmas decorations start going up in shops. <laughs> so you know it's really Christmas when the diary comes out. <laughs> <laughs> forget, forget when you uh, forget the the Christmas carol songs over the uh, PA at the shopping centre. Yeah. When the diary comes out, you know it's Christmas. <laughs> and have you bought yourself so have a you diary? Guys, I brought myself a diary, and I've uh, had to buy a couple more because there's a few. I've got a few friends over season stuff who are interested in them. I have not picked up a journal yet though, and this happened last time the journal was released, which was 2014 or 13. It was never released in WA. Hmm, um, have you guys picked them up yet? The journal? I've got the journal. That's the grey one yep. with the with the half face, half skull, isn't it? That's right. Yeah, yeah, I got that one. Yeah, I picked that up as well, and in fact, I'm holding it right now because I'm using it to write my notes for the <laughs> podcast in. So. <laughs> I, uh, a couple of reasons, like it just seemed like I wasn't going to get it because honestly it's just a journal other than the fact that it's got the phantom um, cover on the back and front. That's about it. Otherwise there's nothing, no distinguishing features. There's a, oh, there's a skull on every second page. But, you know, it's just a, it's just a bunch of paper. And um, so I'm, I'm going to get more value out of this and more memories and I'll never be able to sell it for its twelve ninety five or what, uh, $14.99. Um, again, but it'll have all, have all the memories of this podcast in it. And uh, if Sammy J's taught me anything in the Phantom Fan leading geek off thing, um, it's that uh, there's value to writing in them as well. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, 
the Caliban because you lost the competition. So I can't do that valuable. <laughs> Uh, touche. That was that was good. That was one of his stronger points, though. I thought was uh, it was all of his phantom notes in his phantom journal. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, well, I was I was before I said that I was actually thinking of saying well, it will be priceless because it will be all the memories of the phantom podcast. And that's know. right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So, Stephen, you're not drawing or writing in yours, are you? Um, no. Um, I can't remember where I've actually put it. <laughs> I've so in other words, somewhere. I haven't, but the kids have. <laughs> oh, no, the kids haven't. <laughs> have you picked up a diary as well, uh, Dan? I did buy a diary, but I immediately posted it overseas in exchange for um, a hardcover of uh, a trade paperback that was released in America. So um, bought one, posted it off, didn't keep one, have no intention of getting one. The only way I'll get one is if someone gets it for me as a Christmas present, which would be cool, but... Um, yeah, I'm not into the diaries. Oh, if if the diaries had um, cool phantom dates in it, like Leek Fork's birthday and um, the anniversary of Raymore's death and when was the first phantom comic and all of those sorts of things, even the wedding of the phantom, those sorts of dates, I'd be far more like I, I would buy it if it had all of that stuff in it. But mm. again, yeah. it's just it's just sort of a diary with a flash cover. I'd be more inclined to as well um, with that sort of stuff. But um, like I bought the one last year, and that was the first diary I'd bought in ages. So. Um, mm. And this one, you know, pretty much the same. It's just that the art, you know, the, the covers inside are different. So yeah, right. There is that. I'm, I'm, I don't think I've bought one since about '97 now. So yeah, so I'm still tossing up whether or not the um, the news agents near work where I usually uh, get my get my comics from um, asked, oh, do you want me a whole one for you? And I, I was there, oh, uh, not yet. Yeah. yeah. I'd rather buy a um, uh, four or five hundred series through for that money. Well, yeah, because yeah. it's thirty bucks. Yeah, yeah that's it. The, the, it's a little bit pricey for what it is, in my opinion. Or the other thing you could be buying is you could probably even buy <laughs> a couple of the Avon reprints because news is, is that number one is now available. Now mm. these are about twenty bucks each, I believe, from memory. So you could buy one and a half for the price of a journal. I mean, of a diary. Now, I think that might be something that you might be more interested in. Yes. Yeah, 100%. I, I will be getting these, um, and I hope and I'm, hope I can get the slipcover to put the 15 of them in uh, three or four years from now when the run ends. Definitely. Now, are these available right. um, at your local comic shop, or are they, are they just Ooh, on that's a very uh, good question. Vault or what? I drove away from the comic shop yesterday, forgetting to have asked that, but I have um, emailed to to ask them to put them aside. So he gets the other Hermes Press stuff in. So I would think that if you if your if your comic shop gets Hermes Press uh, volumes, the Sundays and that sort of thing, they may well get these. I'm hopeful anyway. Okay, I, oh, I, yeah, I, I didn't get I didn't get down to mine this weekend, so uh, I haven't looked. So I have to have a look next weekend. Hmm. Hmm. Definitely. So, good news for all the wives. That is all the new phantom stuff that all the husbands <laughs> and partners and kids are going to be asking for birthdays and Christmases. So, let's get on to some news, eh, guys? Hey, are you yep. saying there's no female phantom fans out there? Um, all right. Gross <laughs> oversight, but... Um, husbands could be buying things for their wives. Yeah, it could be, but... Um, oh, yeah... The vast majority yeah. are, are geeky men. Yeah. 
Are you telling me that your daughter is not going to be getting some phantom something for Christmas? Um, I don't know. But she already gets <laughs> phantom stuff like, you know, her, her nano mate knitted her a little phantom doll and, you, um, you know, she's got a, a box of uh, phantom comics that she's allowed to go through and, yep. and flip through <laughs> my room and... And then she's yep, got. I've got that. <laughs> yeah, and then she's got those little, you know, those little UK Phantom uh, metal figurines of one of Hero and Devil oh, and Phantom. Uh, you let her play with those. Play with, yes. Because oh. it means she stays there quiet for about fifteen minutes, which lets me do something else. So. Um, do you have spares in case the paint get the paint gets chipped? No, she's actually lost one of the devils already. I had two devils, and she's <laughs> lost one. i got no idea where it is. That was about six months ago. But um, <laughs> I'm thinking it might be a good idea. I might have to get another set and kind of yeah. keep it there. The devils are kind of small. You didn't check her nappy? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why she's been so irritable for the last six months. <laughs> All right, guys. So um, just quickly, let's um, mention Antonio Lemus's website has been re-released. Um, so, guys, have you had a bit of a squeeze at that? Yeah, I cast the eyes over it, and, and uh, geez, he's got a lot of artwork available there. Um, he's done a lot of covers for Fru over the journey, mm. so... Um, and most of those seem to be up, I think, um, in terms of available for purchase. So, um, yeah, anyone who, who loves Antonio Lemos and his artwork should have a, absolutely go and have a look at that. Mm. And cover art's in at the moment. It's like art and cover art, and it's very popular amongst fans at the moment, like with Cy Barry, uh, Glenn Ford releasing some on his website now, Antonio Lemos. Mm. Um, been talking to some other art collectors and some other um, covers and and stuff has been reaching quite high prices as well. So arts, yeah, arts one of the in things at the moment, I would say. Yep. So definitely get to chroniclechamber.com and follow the uh, go to the news story on Antonio's site so you can follow the links to get to it there. Yes, definitely. Right now. <laughs> well, hopefully you continue to participate in this podcast. But um, <laughs> okay, so something else, <laughs> something else to quickly mention is that the Fru's coloring in comp closes on the thirty first of October. Now, for those who are a little bit precious about scanning or ripping up a comic, uh, Fru have kindly um, uh, helped those people. Um, which I don't know. I, I, I must admit, I'm a bit sitting on the fence about that whole idea. It's kind of like I can understand them doing it because it allows more entries, but it kind of makes it easier. And for those who actually made the effort in doing it, they kind of, you know, don't get that edge. Yeah, look, as one of the people who did scan, and look, I, yeah, like you said about Precious, I mean, uh, it's really not that hard, and it's not going to damage the spine if you just scan the comic, and um, anyone can do it. Um, I'm, a, I'm a bit annoyed, I'm going to be honest, that uh, that uh, Fru published it. I guess it can only mean that, um, or, or put it on their Facebook pages, is, is where it is if people want to go and see it, um, and, and download it and colour it in and send it in to them by the end of the week. But, uh, I don't know, yeah. But, uh, in saying all of that, I think it's good that one through is doing it and hopefully they get lots of entries 
that um, people get excited about it. Now, to be honest, I'm probably not going to enter it in because I'll, I'll be honest, my daughter is not a, is not a colorist at the moment, but <laughs> she had fun coloring it in. Um, and, and I think at the end of the day, that is all that matters. I've got a photo of her coloring it in, sitting on my lap, and she's having a ball. And so it was worth it. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I'm not um, – uh, I've got no uh, – delusions of when it's a fantastic prize and clearly mm. not enough people or not very many people what is the the tone of the post not many people have entered um to justify the, the prize really because it's fantastic the cover art for, mm. for the fruit 80th special you know only one person is going to be able to say they've got that so um it's a very very cool prize um so I'm, I'm certainly no delusions of winning, as I said, though, because my daughter and son, uh, they're better colourists than, than your two-year-old are probably going to be. But um, unless there's an age division or a handicap for, for young'uns, um, I've got no chance, to be honest. The, mm. the post that uh, was a guy who put up on Facebook, his, his version of it coloured in, that was magnificent. Yeah. So It is. So have you, entered, have you posted yours off, Dan? Yeah, I, I will give them credit. The reminder that it was due reminded me to actually put them in an envelope and post it. So all my belly aching is for nothing, really. <laughs> um, Stephen, have you have you sent yours? Well, the, the reminder to say that um, yeah, you better hurry up means oh, oh dear, I've run out of time to, to actually colour it in and send it off with with half a chance. So um, I don't know. We'll see how we go. If I get five, you know, a, a couple of um, periods of you know, five, 15 minutes or something like that to, to have a crack every day this week before sending it off express. Well, hopefully <laughs> you, you might get a, a supervision for an art class and you can just run off 30 of them and get your class to do it, pick the best one, slap your name on it and away you go. That's the way to do it. <laughs> so that would just be social studies then, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh, oh, you could, you, it could be ancient history because of the Egyptian setting. There's well, so well, many well, places well. that you could use this. The year sevens, they, they do. Um, I'm pretty sure they do it. Egypt? Oh, well. They, they will if I take them. That's it. <laughs> okay, so while we're talking about fruit, let's quickly mention that they are asking on Facebook again and also in their uh, latest fruit issue, which is 1766, The Art Collector which we will review in a second. They are asking about the annual replica issues which go in the annuals. So, guys, for the record, where do you sit? Do you want them kept in or do you want to get them flicked? Stephen, you're up. Hot seat. Hot seat. Well, so I just read the art collector today and just read um, Dudley's message there and something, yeah, do you read it or is it just like junk mail? Um, and I had to think about that for a second. But, well, I don't actually read them. You know, they're, they're a cool yeah. thing to have, but, but I, I don't read them. Um, and that's true of a lot of. If I click, if I come across an old phantom, um, I don't tend to read it. I, I tend to put it in my collection. But um, it's a nice thing to have in the collection, but I'm, I'm not really reading it. So um, yeah, if they, if they change it up and put like a you know a cool poster or I think you've talked about figurines or something like that. I wouldn't be disappointed. Um, it would be cool if it, if it finished on a on a round number or, or you know a, a multiple of five, I suppose. But that's just um, being OCD, and it doesn't really matter. Um, so I wouldn't mind if they're given the flick. 
But as long as something else, something cool go, goes in there. Well, if if uh, it's my turn, I think um, absolutely they need to keep him. Is is my all right, that's yeah. enough from you. All right, let's move on. <laughs> no, I was... The, the junk mail call, what the absolute hell is... I, I think that some people have heard, spent too much time listening to certain Western Australians bellyache about things that other people just really love because um, junk mail, you've got to be kidding me. These are fantastic, and um, I really love the replicas. It, it's the first thing I look through for the most... Oh, well, I'll flick through the... the um, annual when it comes out, but then I'll read the replica first and, and foremost because to revisit, really? yeah, yeah, because to revisit the the old, you know, we're we're still in the 1940s, um, 1949. Oh, sorry, we're about halfway through 1950 with the replicas now, so that's 60 years ago, and um, oh, if, you can't stop them now. If you stop them on an even uh, on the, I could I could come to Stephen's point. Um, and, I've, and I think I said this on Facebook, but uh, if you're going to stop them, do it six years from now when you get to the end of number 30. That's a nice round number. Um, that would stop at the end of The Phantom Goes to War, the four-part um, story that was across issues 27 to 30. And um, maybe stop them then because that is a nightmare number. For my Fru Crew badge, I would suggest that maybe Fru then come out with a special... Um, ring binder or um, folder or slipcase or something to put all 30 replicas in um, and, and maybe stop it then. But, uh, you know, th- those old replicas, I love them. They're really good. Well, what I, I do with junk mail, I've, I've put my junk mail in a bin, so maybe the uh, slipcase needs to be a, um, a circular circular design. But, um, um I reckon to be when honest, they, when they first came sorry, out, you oh, sorry. Um, when they first came out, I thought, yeah, that, that's fantastic. You know, getting these old um, old, old reprints, especially of number, especially of the top ten or the first ten. Um, yeah, it was great. But um, yeah, like I said, I, I, I don't believe I've been reading them lately. You know, when they come out. So, well, Fru never publish any other Lee Fork stories. It's the only time you get a hit. You get them all, all in the um, annuals. Oh. They're full oh, of yeah, that's right. In the annual, the replica that comes with the annual. That's when you finally get your leaf fork for the year. And no, you also get your replica series as well, which is two or three times a year. Which you yeah, well, that, those are only a relatively replica. new development, and they're going backwards. Um, but, but just having the standalone replica, I mean, so many of us, none of us, none of us, the three of us, are ever going to own the first hundred frues and just to see those covers and the, the old school covers um, and to hold one in your hand that, you know, they slap a barcode on it now, which um, I absolutely agree with because you don't want to mix it up with the, the originals, but um, you know, just to be able to hold that and, and see what the the Phantom comic that my granddad would have seen, basically that's, I, I like that idea. I've got frues under a hundred. Yeah, but not all of them. Not all of them, but they all stink like old, like, you know, old stuff. <laughs> well, so, if there's any time you're worried about them stinking up your house, put them in a post pack, mark them, do not bend, and send them to my house. <laughs> but, but the thing is, Dan, that they're not the they're not the real thing. Like they're a copy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that, but uh, just yeah. that's how that, I feel. Like, I like them. I like them. I just don't read them. Well, and there's three very different views then. I think. Um, I think. I think. 
I think the thing, the thing with that I think, well, I personally believe Dudley is coming from, and I'm probably wrong, is that we've got the replica series and then we've got the replica issues. Now, we put this up on Facebook and we've had, now this is only a very small margin, but the posts that I've seen on Fru's Facebook and on the Phantom Collector and then uh, the Chronicle Chamber one, you're probably looking at probably two-thirds agree in somewhat of either stopping it straight away or, as what Stephen says, is dropping them at a certain number and stuff like that. But you've probably got about a third who believe they should stay there. I think well, as would... I said, I, I, I probably, well, I'm in the first camp then if, that, if that's, mm. uh, because I do think that, you know, maybe 30 is enough. Um, you know, that's still, as I say, six years from now. I think we, didn't we crunch the numbers on a previous podcast and talk about how many years it was going to catch, it was going to be before the the replica series counted down to where the rep, the annual replicas are counting up. So it's, it's going to be a long, long time. And, yeah, yeah well, as I said, uh, maybe 30 and then a special folder comes out to put them all in if for those who have collected the lot and to encourage the collecting of them. Yeah, there's got to be some sort of limit to it, surely. Like, you're not going to just keep on going. Well, I don't know. Well, maybe you will for 100 years and go up to issue and look, 100. But, yeah. I love the idea of a poster coming out, the Glenn Ford family poster that was with um, was it with was it with nine seventy two or with one thousand? I think it was with one thousand. And, and I loved that. Yeah. I, I I actually took that out of the comic to my um, great dismay nowadays, but um, by the same token, I had it on my uh, bedroom wall for years, um, so I enjoyed that. Um, and the po- and a poster inside would be fantastic as well. So. Um, I'm see, not going that's to... my argument is that a poster or a figurine or a ring or stickers, in my opinion, grabs the attention of a kid more than it does a replica issue that looks like an old comic where a kid, you know, where it's where it's an edited, where it's poor printing. Because the way I see it is that I. You know, we all go to the shops with our kids and we all have to deal with the, want, want mine, can I have this, can I have that? And you get the magazines with the little freebie things and and kids love those stuff. Now, why can't Fru do something like that where you can actually, you know, like you, 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 you used the word hit where you can get your hit. Why can't Fru do something like that that gets the kids hooked on the Phantom at an early age? That's a really good argument. Uh, <laughs> of course it's a good argument. I've been saying it for the last 20 years. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. No, count them up until we get to Phantom Goes to War. Then we can get the kids on board. All right. All right. I think, I think so. If any of you have any opinions, please give them to Fru or put them up on wherever, put them up on the website, send an email to Fru. Yeah. Uh, Facebook, you know, um, and if you don't know any of that stuff, you can st- you can stick it on our Facebooks because I'm sure, you know, we can forward them to them as well. Um, but you know, again, this is a chance for you guys, the listeners, the fans, to actually have a say about the comic that we all love. So don't let it go past you, and you know, um, have your say. Okay. And I would say that. Anyone who agrees with me, definitely get on and have your say, because reading between the lines, <laughs> I suspect that Dudley's... I, I, my suspicion is that Dudley's inclined to, to drop them. 
just the way that he talks about. He's a smart person. (laughs) (laughs) He's only new to the Phantom, and uh, maybe he's got a bit to learn. But when he says that, um, uh, what did did he say? Anyway, yeah, we'll move on. But I think reading between the lines, he's inclined to drop him. He's a smart fella. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So, all righty, so we will keep on going. So the Phantom Art Show in Broken Hill has started, is that correct, Dan? Yeah, that's right, and I'm not going to bang on about it too much because we've had podcasts devoted to the art show before, but um, if you're in Broken Hill or Western New South Wales, it's not a massive uh, population base to draw from out there, but if you can get along to it, go and see it. Um, It's been open for uh, most, well, all of this month, and closes on the 13th of November in Broken Hill, which is, um, what, three or four weeks away as we speak. So get along and see that. And particularly, and I can drop a little um, drop a little exclusive teaser hint here, I think, tonight, that um, the Snakes and Ladders game that um, Peter has um, put on display for the first time in Broken Hill, it wasn't at any of the previous shows, um, he is planning on... Um, Mass producing that on some scale, at least, um, for for fans to to get their own copy of, and um, remains to be seen at this stage whether that's going to be a, a really cheap option that people can, you know, but perhaps on a on a cardboard or, or a a thick card of something like a typical board game that you might buy at the shops for um, a cheaper price, a more affordable price, and or, or perhaps a limited edition as well, which is. He does love his wood carvings, so that's what I'd expect from that if it comes out. But um, if you have seen any of the King, the, sorry, the Kit Walker Facebook page and the the Phantom Art Show, the the pictures that Peter Kingston's been posting up of the snakes and ladders, if you like what you see there, um, please get on and comment on one of those photos about how much you'd like to see that become mass produced and that sort of thing, because it uh, might encourage them to to get that available sooner rather than later. Awesome. Okay, so uh, we've got two more bits of news before we talk about comics. Uh, first of all, um, uh, first of all, we just want to mention Dudley got back to us regarding the 80th special that we um, did a review on. And, I know. <laughs> um, no, no, no. We'll keep this very, very short. He just wanted to kind of um, confirm something that we kind of discussed before about, which was I'll just read it. What he says is. The sections of a publication require that colour be kept together and printed in multiples of 16, hence two 32 pages, sections front and back. The first page of the Treasure of the Green Hill story, which was the German one, fell unfortunately outside the colour section, and that is why the first page appeared as black and white. Right. Okay, so I just wanted to kind of just point that out to everyone because we had a bit of a discussion about it and people may have been a little bit intrigued about that. We won't dwell on that. What I do want to mention, and, you know, we, we all like to have a bit of a laugh and a bit of a joke and stuff on the podcast, but um, some serious, uh, well, not news, but some serious things that we do want to um, pay tribute to of, is, of course, the death of uh, Lindsay Walker, which has been a couple of weeks ago now. Um, so we just want to, you know, like make mention of that because she's a friend of a lot of people here. A lot of people uh, that work with Chronicle Chamber and also in the wider Phantom community. Um, you know, all our thoughts and our prayers are with uh, with her family as they deal with this uh, tragic loss and in this time, uh, which unfortunately is something that does tend to happen. 
Um, we also want to make mention that if anyone out there that is suffering with uh, any mental illness or they're not even sure or they want someone to talk to or something like that, uh, Beyond Blue is a great organisation. Um, I've listened to a couple of their talks and stuff like that and they really do care about people. So if you need some help, please reach out. Um, Beyond Blue's phone number is 1300 22 46 36 that is 1300 22 46 36 please um uh you know if if you need to reach out or something please do um and as i said before our prayers and thoughts are with the um lindsey walker's family so uh, thank you for that um you know i'll just jump in real brief if you don't yeah. mind jim but um it, it is uh, such a tragedy and she will be missed as an artist um, to have got her one through or first through cover published with, in 1764, which we're going to talk about tonight, um, was was it's so, it's just so sad that that's the only um, through cover that that she'll produce. Um, I've got a, a framed signed piece from hers on the wall, just a print, which um, I, I'm a big fan of, and um, it's just uh, yeah, so sad to to have gone so soon. Definitely. All right, so we can get back onto the silly bandwagon. So let us start talking about some comics. Um, and we're not going to dwell too long on them because we are wary of time or we try and be wary of time, but it doesn't always happen. So first of all, let's talk about 1762, which is the Mark of Cain. Stephen, what do you reckon about this story, mate? The Mark of Cain, this was out a few, well, about a month or so ago now. So yeah, to, it's been a while. had to uh, double check just, I don't know, in the last hour or so. But um, yeah, I found this was, was a bit of a uh, cracker of a story. It's um, by our mate, um, I was about to call him Simon Madden. Um, <laughs> Philip. <laughs> Philip Madden, um, and who's been on the show before. Um, and it's... Yeah, the mark of Cain. So we've got um, a bad guy who's been marked by the Phantom, and but he's trying to make amends. He's 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 out there and he's working. He's he's um, tilling the field. Um, and he's got his sister who doesn't really trust him, and it it. And you got your drug dealers and your big bad guys, and very well drawn. Um, you know, cross you know cross and double cross. It, it, it's a it's a great story. I I really enjoy it. Mm, definitely. Yeah, fans, I'd agree with yeah. Sorry, using I technology. What was that? The fan Phantom is using does. technology. He's got a little bit of a setup with a laptop and it looks like a 1980s uh, boombox with the three equalizers and stuff like that on page five. Page five. Oh, uh, yes. Oh, yeah, no, it's full on. <laughs> but no, it's a great story. Um, what did you reckon of it? Sorry, Dan. Oh, no, I really liked it. It is a modern story and it is a modern phantom, which is I, I enjoyed the bad guys are using iPhones and these sorts of things, But as you, as you sort of alluded to. But it was a really, really quick-paced story, which I yeah. enjoyed. Um, logical plot, um, really effective, you know, no no real significant holes in the plot or, or, or the rest of it. Just um, moved along really quickly. I loved the artwork, um, which is by a new guy, Raphael Gillett, or Gillette, or... Rafa is his nickname, so we'll go with that. <laughs> um, his action sequences are really, really good, and yes. I enjoyed particularly the scene. I oh, well, enjoyed is probably the wrong word, but um, the the way the Phantom was just beating down on, on Billy Boy uh, to to 
extract information, you can see rage and you can see anger and, and um, it'd be a really scary situation for Billy Boy to be in. So the, the only comment I have there is, is, is I find the Phantom's head is probably a little bit, or his face is a bit more round than, um, than other depictions. And um, mm. so that was, a, I found that a bit off-putting for a little while, but overall the artwork was great. The story was great. Really enjoyed this one. Yeah. They talk about Easter eggs and comics. I wonder if that's what they're talking about. <laughs> um, I love the way he drew Devil on page 18 and just the darkness of like where he's fighting at night and stuff. It works great as black and white. Yeah, um, it does, absolutely. Now, one thing that I have noticed is that some of... I don't know if it happened in your in your comics or not, but some of the pages um, kind of smudged. In the yep. bottom right-hand was... corner? Or page 3. Page 3, page 4, page 5... Yeah. Uh, 6, 7, 27, 23, 8, 9, 14, 10, 11, 12, 13. I've got none of that, which makes me think that I've lent something. Oh, really? No, mine are clear as, except for um, page 3, bottom right-hand corner. That looks a bit blurry, but maybe I've I've lent something on it. I don't know, but everything else is fine. Yeah, no, the whole story. Bit of transfer from... Um, page to page, or maybe that's just a seeping through from the other side. Mm. See a bit of an image, but um, apart from that, I've, I've got no. Uh, everything's uh, crystal clear on mine. Well, you, you've got a special thing. copy. Yeah. So, but it's interesting that even that like, you did have one page. So I wonder if that's just because it's is this the new printer? Must be about um, that time. Yeah, printed by Spot, Spot Press. Press in Spot Indeed. Press. So I wonder if that's just a uh, bit of a teething problem. But to be honest, it's very it's an only minor issue. I I think it's a great story. Um, the cover's great. It's good to see Jane. Oh, the cover, uh, yeah, that. fantastic. And a lot yeah. of them have uh, actually. If, if I was going to be super critical, then maybe the the biceps and the the shoulder are a bit large. But geez, as a as a overall, you know, what do they call them double page. If you open it up yeah. and have a look at the whole poster, that's just fantastic, beautiful work. I'm I'm loving Jamie Johnson. Yeah, no, he's definitely one to watch. Um, and I, I like how, him. sorry, I just like how Dudley says in the message from the publisher that Jamie Johnson is uh, someone they're hoping to work with for an ongoing period. I think we're going to see some really good stuff. Mm, definitely. Definitely. All right, so what do you guys think about The Heart of Darkness? Uh, remind us what that one's about there, Joe. <laughs> oh, okay. I found this really confusing, actually. Um, and I, well, it was probably supposed to take all the confusion out of it, but um, I think last podcast or the last time we talked about Heart of Darkness, I was saying I couldn't really tell the two bad guys apart, and all of a sudden they're together having a long chat with each other, and I'm starting to lose track about which one's which and who's done what to who, and the the mortal seems to suddenly be able to defeat the demon, which doesn't make sense, and ah, it, it, it was full on. Yeah, it's um very very packed couple of pages um i think what you have to do because you know we've got chapter two part six in one one seven six two but we don't have heart of darkness in the next four phantom comics Mm. i think it's something you almost have to read all of the parts again to be able to especially for key parts or key uh elements of the story uh, you almost have to go back, read them again, and then kind of go again. Um, so I think if anyone's 
if anyone's losing interest or getting confused, I would recommend that's what your best bet is to do is to go back, reread them all, and then, you know, and then go from there. It might be something that we have to keep on doing every four or five issues. Well, every I thought it was interesting. I think it's every yeah. six issues, so, um, yeah, maybe have to just well, it was interesting that six issues and just read them one hit. Well, it was interesting that Chapter 2 was six parts because Chapter 1 was seven parts, and I I guess I just assumed that all the chapters were going to be seven parts from that point. So, um, yeah, I guess we, uh, we just wait and see what the next one is and how long it goes for, how many chapters or parts in a chapter. Yeah. All right, awesome. Moving on to 1764. Now, 1763 was the 80th special, which we have already uh, reviewed, so that's why we're skipping a number. Um, so this is The Crying Idol. Now, some of you may not may have noticed or may have not noticed, but this was actually first published in 85, so um, that's why the art is a little bit different, but also while the page actually goes a full 32 pages. So what do you guys think about this? Well, this starts to run... Oh, sorry. Uh, this starts the run of the, um, what we'll say, full-size stories again. So, like, you know, 36 pages are, are, are full of stories and there's no hard darkness, and that's um, true for the last, was it three or four issues, I think. Mm. Um, and, and it's good that we're getting these, um, you know, these old um, Egmont stories that, you know, haven't seen a live day. Um, now, this story um, I read uh, while, I was, while I was taking a break from driving on my way over to Adelaide, so... Um, I didn't have my little notepad with me, but um, that was a nice. You need a phantom journal. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I've got one. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I found it was, it was a good little story. Um, you pretty much peg who the who the bad guy or I'll use bad guy in inverted commas is kind of being controlled. But you kind of peg who that guy is from the start. Um, but that's not here nor there. It, it works as a story. Um, it seems to be a bit of a, a theme of art museums in the last few issues, by looks of things. Um, which is not bad. Archaeology, certainly. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, well, my little note there, good, no real surprises. Had the bad guy take from the start. But, yeah, it's just yeah, a, a nice little story that I'm, I'm glad that they mm. published. Definitely. Yeah, I'm, on that. No, I'm, I, on, I just I'm on that. He's Dan. <laughs> Dan? He's all yeah. Yeah, no, I'm on that path as well. I think it was, um, you know, it, it was very reminiscent of some of the early Egmonts that I remember reading um, as as Jim Shepard started to publish them in through, which which matches the, the time frame there. I really enjoyed it. I thought that um, the artwork of, and I'm going to say, Georges Bess um, is fantastic. I The sense of horror that he was able to create as you just you knew the idol was causing problems to the jungle patrolman and to the doctor and that sort of thing. And the, the way he's got the facial expressions going blank and the um, sweat and the, the horror you can see unfolding through the artwork, I thought was really, really enjoyable. But it mm. did, um, it, 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 it really highlighted for me why, one of the reasons why for me, Egmont and um, Seamic it probably was at this time, um, and the Scandinavian Phantoms aren't really part of the Phantom universe, uh, was on page 13 when... The first time you see the Phantom at the art museum, and the the waiter comes along and tells the Phantom, "This is an alcoholic cocktail, sir," and the Phantom's picking one up and saying, "Thank you, good sir." And there's no indication he tips it in a pot plant or anything. So we've suddenly got the Phantom drinking alcohol. Not a fan. 
1985, Forkists are going to get their pitchforks and um, um, torches out for that one, I think. See, I think you're reading a bit much into it. Like, I can see where you're coming from, but it's kind of like he's going, um, uh, this is a, like an alcoholic event, like, you know, we're serving while you're asking for milk. Ah. Uh, um, uh, no, he's reaching out and he's grabbing a cocktail glass saying thank you. Yeah, uh, he's no. probably giving him the milk and then saying, um, this is actually an alcoholic event, cocktails, why are you asking for milk? Um, no, I could be wrong, but that's how I read it. But that's how I read it, is they just skipped that first bit and now... Don't just... skip that, that's the cool part, where he asks for milk. That's Well, just because you <laughs> thought it was cool to try and pick up girls by just <laughs> ordering milk at a, at a bar... Obviously, the fandom knows from your mistake that it's not actually cool. So, <laughs> but, but no, I think you raise. You don't see him actually with the glass in any of the any of the um, panels afterwards. He's got his hands in his pocket. No, it's it's. Uh, I've made I my point. I think I'm you're right. reading a little bit into it, but I think it does raise a good point, especially with um, uh, in some of the early in the in the current stuff in the current dailies. I know you wanted to quickly. Talk oh, about I'll, it. Yeah, I'll, I'll refer to that but, at the um, end if we we'll, get time. We'll yeah. quickly talk about that. But um, I just want to quickly raise a few things. I like George Best. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but his his phantom is not overly muscular as well. Mm. You know, he's very lean, athletic. Um, not you know like he's the Hulk in purple. Yep. Um, like some of the modern day artists tend to draw him in. So I thought that was quite yeah. good as well. Um, and then I was going to say something else, but I really can't remember. Um, also, when on page 15, when he's talking about the powerful chieftain, um, Marapu, um, uh, that, I think that's the sorcerer Chuma. He's actually been featured in a couple of other phantom stories as well. So I don't know if you guys remember that. So you might want to, uh, if you're listening to this and you thought, well, he seems like an interesting character, might want to uh, go onto um, uh, Phantom Wiki and uh, type in that character, and then you'll be able to find what other stories he has featured in. Very good. And what did you think of um, Lindsay Walker's cover uh, for The Crying Idol? One thing that, that got me is, like, when... And I've noticed this with a couple of, of the stories, with the art, especially with the cover of uh, the art collector in 1766, is that the covers in the past have always been like a lifted-out panel of the interior story, mm. where this isn't like a lifted-out panel which has been modified by the artist. It's actually been... There's been a lot of artistic licence with the cover, and I think I like it. Yeah, the, yeah original, I think that's... Original art inspired by the story. Well, yes. Yeah, because it creates a feel. Uh, there's, yeah, there's a bit of artistic license, but it, you know, it, I think it works. Yeah, I agree 100% on that. Hmm, well, that's good. We all agree, apart from a drinking phantom. All right, let's move on. <laughs> 1765, which is the Longo's Amulet. Now, this one is by Enya Bade, which we've talked about his recent stuff about how we don't really like it. This is almost something entirely different. This is, um, nearly, 38, this is nearly 40 years old, this story. Yeah. 
He's a younger man when he drew this one. Mm-hmm. And so are the girls with their perky boobs as well. But um, that's something we could talk about before. What did you guys think about this story? I thought it was a little bit of fun. And um, the, the, yes, main, fun. the main character, um, uh, Toby Smith, I actually had a student by, by that name. And um, so I, I took a picture of one of the... Um, of you know, a couple of the panels and sent it to his parents and they got a bit of a kick out of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. I think fun's a very good word for it. Yeah, I agree completely. That, that's actually the first word I wrote about this story in my fandom journal um, was to, what is that it was a fun, uh, fun story. Uh, it was interesting that um, Dudley wrote in his message that um, the Scandinavian. This story is is part of what proves to him that the Scandinavian stories are um, their output and the the quality earns them a seat at the table as true disciples of Lee Fork. And I don't agree with that as a general statement, but for this story, I really do. I, I think it's a very Forky type story. It's the sort of thing that he might have produced about someone who. Comes into the jungle, touches base with the tribe, his life changes dramatically, um, and then you know, goes the full circle with it. So yeah, no, I, re- I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the art. The face is particularly well drawn again, and and very expressive. And this is this would be one of um, Barty's better stories from what I've from what I've seen. I really enjoyed the artwork in this one. The the baddies were were definitely baddies. Mm. Yeah, but then you had the baddies that weren't really baddies in the sense of. You know, they were just trying to, like, you've got the guys who are trying to uh, get rid of the dictator and, and and stuff like that. So it's like they're baddies, but are they really baddies? All they want is a free state. So oh, um, I was I was talking about the crown prince mostly. He was um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it is. It's a very fun story. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Um. Mm, I can't remember. I think with your comment about the true disciples, I think if you look at the word disciples, now most of us know disciples is with the Bible, um, with Jesus and his disciples. Now, I would say that the true disciples is very, very true to what they are. Is And this comes from someone who's a, who's a modernist, is that they they use the fandom, use the fandom that's been created by Lee Fork, and they... You know, follow the ways they build on the ways they use his teachings, and and they hold it up high. Now, I, I would say that's a very, um, a very true statement, but also a very uh, pleasing statement. And I would also would have thought that as a, a forecast as what you are, you would see that as a as a point in reference of saying that they're not actually to the equal of Lee Fork, and they are actually below, and they're only and they're actually only trying to emulate the master. See, I would have thought that would be the angle that you were going down. <laughs> yeah, no, and and I think that's um, I'm I'm standing here nodding my head in complete agreement <laughs> with you uh, as you say that. But I, I I maintain the point that I just made about um, uh, the crying idol, the story. You know, there's little, there's moments where they just get it wrong, and um, Lee Fork wouldn't have made that mistake. Which, which speaks to what you're saying about him being the but, master and, and them yeah. just following, trying trying very hard to following and never quite making it. But I would say that's not quite right because Lee Fork made plenty of mistakes and we've covered his in making plenty of mistakes. So <laughs> his mistakes made gl- <laughs> Yeah, That's exactly you're, you're, right. <laughs> you're, you're glossing over his mistakes 
And you know, as, a, as a parent, you would know this. You can't have double standards when it comes to your children. You can't be saying that this is wrong for one child and then be patting him on the head for doing the other child, patting him on the head saying, you know, that's okay. You've got to have the same standard. So if you, to, and, to if your... you are going to have the same standard for the Egmont creators, you also have to have the same standard for the Lee Fork. And I think to, were, to use your analogy from earlier, if I look at uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, I'm going to pick Jesus's version of the truth. So uh, his mistakes are canon. <laughs> so you're saying that Jesus is fallible. You're extrapolating there, but um, so anyway, 1766. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have anything further you want to add uh, non, non-biblical related to 1765, Stephen? Uh, no. Well, what about Antonio's cover? We we must have been again. This is one that seems like it was inspired by the story rather than from the story. Oh, um, the back um, covers from the story. That's yeah, the back covers from the story. The first one would be, I would say, from the cover page on page three. Oh, so if you go to page three, so I think it's from there. But again, no, not... I think you're being a bit harsh. I'm I'm having a look through. And page nine is where Toby Smith rescues um, the young lady from the A alligator, and there's not a an exact copy of that anywhere. It, that's inspired, not from. Yeah, I, I guess you know we're kind of looking at the you know what's what's inspired and what's copied. I think that's that's a very good uh, point. But yeah, I don't know. That's a podcast for another day. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Inspired versus copy. That's um. There's been a lot of discussion regarding when a um when an Australian cover artist copies slashes or inspire in inspires from the Egmont cover art or interior and um. There's been a lot of discussion throughout the years of what's a copy and what's inspiration. Is there like a a 10% difference that makes it an inspiration or, or whatever. Now, personally, I tend to go along with your lines where I, I, I would put it as the crying idol, which is Lindsay Walker, is is uh, using the story and creating a cover for that story. I think the Longo's Amulet, which is Antonio's, is using a couple of panels and coming up with a cover that works based on those panels um, yeah I, I can see a difference there yeah but i wouldn't i'm not going to get into the debate whether it's a copy or an inspiration because i think that's a rather pointless discussion to be honest but talking about going one step further um 1766 the art collector what do you guys think about this one yeah Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I just read this one um, oh, about an hour before we started recording. Um, well, that's <laughs> that's <laughs> all right. Hypocritical Phantom. You know, he keeps his mm. treasures, right, you know, in his major treasure room rather than donating them to a museum, which <laughs> um, this other guy does. But then again, he doesn't make a copy of the of his treasures and try and flog them off. But um, yeah. But other than that, yeah, it's a good little story. But Nothing really to to write home about, like, but you know, there's a bit of escapism there with his um 
getting out of the pyramid or what have you, and um, just a bit of fun. But you know, not my favourite story, but by no means not the worst story either. Mm. And the, and the, that old interesting. Uh, coming back from the dead type thing um, element, which is always good to have in a phantom story. It's interesting that you said hypocritical there because I've I've jotted down here that um, he's all uh, the Phantom's all about punishing grave robbers, but um, the only reason they've got Cleopatra's asp in the first place is that the ninth Phantom uh, took it from her grave. So, uh, see, uh, again, able, there's... Yeah, I was able to forgive him for that because, you know, they, they pulled down the, the tomb on top of him. He just still hadn't had that in his hand, you know. He hadn't had a chance to put yeah. it back down. So I was able to forgive him for that one. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I'll take that. Yeah. Um, I, I just found the whole plot... Um, and perhaps the the artwork from uh, James Valve had something to to do with it, but I found the whole thing a little bit cartoony. Um, you know, the the idea of the helicopter being able to hover over the middle of London for uh, no half an hour or whatever it takes to swap them over. And no, it's not going to happen in 2016. I'll tell you what, in, in London at 3 a.m. in the morning, it's still going to be buzzing. So maybe maybe that's a product of its time in 1978. So you can forgive them for that. But again. The way that the artwork's been drawn and the the, the caricatures of the bad guys almost, um, and I'm looking at page 25, 24, 25 um, for that, and just the it, it came across as a very Scooby Doo type plot and villains <laughs> for me. Um, yeah, the, the Phantom is basically Shaggy who's turned up and spoiled the spoiled the party. <laughs> So which one's devil? Is he Scooby-Doo or what's the little small one? <laughs> he'll be Scrappy-Doo. <laughs> um, I would have to, like, I don't know, I'd have to kind of disagree. I, I think it's a bit of a homage to, like, a Wilson McCoy. Like, you know how, like, Wilson McCoy had the, the ugly faces and they were fun stories and... So I would say it's it's a definitely a fork, you know, it's a fork style story, um, and I loved all those elements of you know coming back from the dead, like what you already yeah. mentioned, the 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 really ugly bad guys, you know, like they've got the four yeah. chins, you know, more chins than a telephone directory, and um, you know the monocle and you know the rich money, the flamboyant and. Oh, I yeah. thought it was great. Um, I will, I will say, like I, I opened it up on page three, and then I saw the bust, and I didn't know it was a statue. I'm thinking, oh, more nudity in here. I wonder how we're going to be talking about this on the podcast. And then I'm reading the story, and I'm going, well, there was no nudity on that one. Sweet, we don't have to just, we don't have to talk about it on the podcast. Um, so yeah, that was one thing that got me. And then the other thing, which I thought was quite funny, was um, the Phantom. Um, had to get the encyclopedias and art books and stuff delivered to him. Where these days he's got the uh, internet. Yeah, for sure. But and that reinforced, like that reinforced uh, some of that phantom folklore in itself that they're all struggling with this box, thousands yeah. of kilometres. He just picks it up as if it's not, doesn't weigh anything. So <laughs> yeah, that was a nice touch as well. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely fun. So what do you guys think about having three or four stories in a row of all of these older stories? Do you like it, or would you prefer they kind of mix it up a bit more? Or well, I think we oh, have... I... You go. No, you go, sorry, Stephen. No, you go, you too. Oh, just that I, I really enjoyed it, because um, you know, I've been a bit behind, and I sat down and read the four that we've talked about all this afternoon to catch up and, to, and some for the first time. 
and um, I enjoyed enjoyed the series of four um, all all close together because one of them, uh, maybe the Mark of Cain, was was quite recent. It's a it's a yeah Mark of Cain um, mm-hmm. was a new story, um, and then the other three, you know, there's a bit of familiarity for my early years reading the Phantom in in that sort of style of uh, Bess and Bardet and Valve. They're all familiar sort of sort of artists, so I quite enjoyed it. Um, awesome. I, I agree. Um, we've we've had you know this great run of um, new stories or, or new modern stories, um, but it's good to go back to these. Um, for us, they're new stories. We haven't they haven't been published in Australia before, um, but you know they're, they're thirty, forty, whatever um, years old. Um, so it's just you know it's good to see that that old art. I'm saying old artwork, but it's still you know, mm. reasonably modern, um, and it's also the the full 32 or 36, whatever you want, pages. So, um, mm. it, it, but being that long, it, it's giving a, a, a break of, um, of Heart of Darkness. Um, so I'm kind of hoping that the next one's going to be a shorter story so we can get back to Heart of Darkness because, um, like, when was, the la- when was the last Heart of Darkness story? You know, a month well, ago. 1762, so that's before the 80th. That's um, mm. a long time ago now. Yeah, ages ago. So, um, we, you can't let, you can't have too big a, a, a space between um, parts or chapters, I, I, I'd imagine. So I'd, I'd be thinking that the next issue is going actually the next issue is a modern story, I think, um, by our mate yeah, uh, Bade. Um, yeah, Predators Road. That that very much looks like yeah. a, um, a modern story. Ramirthi and Bade. So yeah. We'll see how we'll see how that goes. That'll be a continuation of our favourite storyline there, Dan. I'm guessing. So what do you got? What do you think about the cover? Yeah. Oh, the new. This is a new guy. I liked it. Not like you know, being the art collector, having this um, yeah, having these all these paintings or artworks, and yeah, having the the Phantom is what's that? It's you know, in the, the Leonardo, you know, thing? The, Leonardo the Renaissance thing. man. Yeah, and um, you know, I, I thought it was good, and we've had a few Egyptian stories lately too, haven't we? So um, yeah, it seems to be a mm. theme this year with Egypt and girls with their boobs out and art museums. Yeah, there has been some strong themes. I liked the cover as well, and and looking at the four that we've talked about tonight all together, um, there's a really nice variety of of artwork there. I like the the light. Um, Light blue of uh, 1765 Longo's Amulet and the the orange of Art Collector and you know that again inspired copied whatever there's there's uh, bits of um, scenes from the comic but also this Renaissance man which is obviously not in the comic at all and oh, I enjoyed it as a package. Yeah, good. All right, guys, let us get on to King's Quest now. Do you reckon we would probably be one of the only Phantom fans out there that are actually reading this? <laughs> uh, not necessarily. I'll, I'll, there wouldn't be many, though, would there? I was about to say um, that I can't often find it in a comic shop because people are buying it, but they don't have. They might not be Phantom fans. They might just be mm. something else. I really don't think that I'd be reading this if it wasn't for the podcast and um, you guys need to pay me more to get through these. This is ridiculous. <laughs> so I think let's, let's just be really, really quick with those because 
we've already gone over the time that we were trying to get this under and we've still got half a page of notes to go through. Only joking about a half a page. It's three quarters of a page. Um, <laughs> no, but seriously. So there's a couple of notes. So now I'll, I, I struggle. I love the concept of the whole Defenders of the Earth and I've been a big advocate for it. And, you know, you can go back through the podcast and I loved the first one. Um, didn't love the King series as much. I had high hopes for this one, but it's faded a lot. And I'll be truthfully honest. I got my issue four here in front of me, and I still got the sticky tape on it from the comic book shop, and I have not even picked up issue five yet. Well, so yeah. that's how far off I've dropped off this series. Um, and yeah, and it's, I don't think it's just not the one thing. Like for instance, the Phantom. Uh, kissing another girl while being a girl herself. Um, you know, I don't think it's like that one big thing or Jen being the Phantom. I think it's like a whole heap of things that it's like. Now, with what you were saying, Dan, before about chipping away the 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 the, the uh, mythology or the theos or, or the, you know of the Phantom. This is a total butchery of the Phantom. They've Frankensteined Lee Fort's Phantom and they've come up with some crappy version of it, which I think it's the same. If I wasn't doing the podcast, it, you know, and even the covers these days aren't even that crash hot either. Oh, I'm going mm. to be different with that one. Not all of them. Some of them are nice, but, yeah. you know... The last Phantom covers were a lot nicer than those ones. But then, of course, they're, like their actual Phantom um, comics, these, they're, they're not a pure Phantom. Well, I'm saying pure. They're not just about the Phantom. <laughs> um, you know, there's, there's five um, main characters that you've got to try and give space to, um, which is a hell of an undertaking. Um, mm. You know, so I would have thought a good way of doing it is to try and, like with there's a five there's five issues try and have try and focus on one character or have things from that character's perspective for that issue that might be a, a way of doing it um i feel they've probably followed one or well, probably two or three characters per issue you know, coming from their point of view and whether that's worked or not you know that's up, up to your own opinion um on my little notes here i thought for king four you know, i had five on my hand so King Four was kind of like Prince Valiant. He's he's the main guy. He's he's on a mission. Um, you don't really find out what that mission is until right at the end. And um, the rest of the um, we'll call them um, Defenders of the Earth um, are quite shocked about what he's planning on doing. Um, but Jungle Jim, what what the revelation has been in this series is Jungle Jim. This is what I've really liked about it. Is um, I don't know, what I do if they know. Yeah, so they've done, I reckon they've done a great job with Jungle Jim throughout this whole saga. I, I say that because they've taken this character that I knew nothing about, never never heard of him, and now I want to read a monthly instalment of his adventures. Um, so that started back when they did their um, you know, King Dynamite thing or whatever it was, and you know, they had the single stories. I, I, I really like this Jungle Jim character, and I want to hear more about him. But if you, if you're coming at him as a as a pure Phantom fan, then no, you're not going to like it. But um, if you can open up and be, you know, enjoy the the Mandrake, enjoy a bit of Flash Gordon, um, 
then I reckon you'll get something out of it. And, I, and um, I'd like issues four and five, and uh, and I am looking forward to King's Cross. <laughs> we'll see what they're going to do with that. Now, I, I wasn't going to well, say. Well, hopefully, it's not like a Sydney's version of King's Cross. <laughs> like, uh, you know, after issue three, I thought, oh, this is rubbish. But I, I thought they really went some way to redeem themselves with issue four and five. Mm. I, I'd agree with that, uh, Stephen. I'd, and I belly ached about it at the start. Um, look, I, I think as long as you put aside the fact that you're a fan of the fandom, if you can just like put that side away, and then if you can get your head around this is entirely set on a different world and with all of the aliens and different creatures and all the rest of it, it is a bit of an interesting story that has a character that is a vaguely resembles the Phantom. And um, I thought with four, when Jen spoke to her ancestors and um, on the last page was actually genuinely going to beat down on Flash Gordon, um, that was that was a sign where she actually stood up as a Phantom and that's been recognised in episode five. And well, Spoilers, obviously, but no one reads them. Who cares? Um, <laughs> the... <laughs> The last, the last scene with the Phantoms is Lothar um, saying, right, well, I'm going to take the cowl off and, and hand my rings in and that's it, I'm done. Um, and Jen presents him with a second skull ring, which she just says, screw tradition, and comes up with, from nowhere with a, with a second skull ring and suddenly there's going to be two Phantoms and that's going to be the direction we're going forward. Um, you know, that's interesting enough. And, and I will read... I didn't know it was called King's Cross, but there you go. I'll, I'll read those and, and continue on. But I have to very much put my um, my fandom mask to one side when I read them. And, and what you said about covers, Jim, I don't know about that because the cover to King's Quest V with the two phantoms and then Mandrake in the background, uh, the cover A that I've got, um, I really I really like that actually. And Mark Laming has got to be credited for his work that he's done on the fandom right throughout these Dynamite series because I think he's been excellent. Um, the only thing I'd change about that picture is Jen could tuck her hair in under a cowl. I'm not sure how she's got it out, whether there's a slit at the back or whatever, but, um, you know, Julie Walker didn't need to have her locks flowing. Tuck them away. They're, they're going to be a pain in the in a fight. You don't want that getting caught. So, um, but she's getting more and more phantomy in all of these depictions. And, um, it's not a, it's not just a hoodie that she's wearing. It's an actual genuine phantom outfit now. So. Yeah, she's uh, who, would think that, who would think that Dan was the liberal one when it comes to this discussion? That's because it's so far removed. You can't even treat it like it's even anything resembling a Phantom comic. And as you look at it through that lens, it's 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 barely adequate. So, and I, I agree with you with the comic, like with the um, covers. Um, I was in Adelaide when I, when I picked this up because um, my local comic shop didn't have number four. And so when I found number four and number five, I just picked them up when I was there. Um, they did have every um, issue, issue, A, B, and C covers of um, of King Quest Five, and I wish I picked up cover B as well. Um, for those of you who haven't seen it, it it's a landscape picture, and to me it's kind of like mm. a um, like a Justice League. I've seen Justice League pictures, kind of, you know, similar. You know, you've got your Batman, Superman, they're all in a very strong pose and, you know, kind of walking. Well, in this case, we've got um, Jungle Jim, Prince Valiant, Phantom, um, just uh, the Lothar Phantom, um, Mandrake and, and Flash. And, you know, what draws your eye is the Phantom is smack bang in the middle. Um, 
like yes we've got um, Flash who's kind of in front in the foreground there but the Phantom is an pose of like power or dominance being in the middle and, and he's that symbol of strength and everyone has you know kind of grouped around him for um for lack of a better word um so if king's if king dynamite or dynamite or whatever else um ever listens to this podcast or takes advice from anybody um release it as a poster because i'd buy it there you go all right, so I'm going to have to go to the comic book shop and get Kings 5 then, based on your review, guys. So thanks for that. Um, okay, we'll quickly, quickly, quickly mention the Dublin, the Dublin Comic Con 80th year special, which is now available via Fans Vault. And Dan, you have received yours and read it in paper instead of being instead of reading it online, I believe. Yeah, I have, and um, I'm surprised to hear that it hasn't, you know, because I, I received mine over a week ago, I'm surprised to hear that it hasn't gone out more. Um, it's it's an enjoyable little read. Um, the the second or third story on the Phantom's Trail, I enjoyed reading that for the first time, really, because the PDF version, the, the resolution we got wasn't as good, and I, and I enjoyed reading that. As, as a package, it's nice. Um, read, flick through it. I'm not sure that I'm going to, to come back to it too many times, but... Um, some nice stories there. Yeah, and I think that's what it is. It's you know it's been fun. Uh, it's been a homage, um, and I think good on uh, Lightning, Lightning Comics for doing it. And a bit of a hint: we are in talks with them doing to do a bit of an interview with them. So if things continue to go along the way they are, we will have a future podcast with a bit of a chat with them. So that will be something to look forward to. I will say so, that the, the paper quality is really quite good, um, nice and robust as a comic. Awesome. So now what we want to do is we don't normally talk about the daily stories on the Phantom Podcast. Uh, we normally talk about them when they go into a free comic, mainly because that's when majority of people do read them. But majority of us do, well, we do all tend to follow it. Um, and, you know, like uh, Stephen has talked about how he is subscribed to them and reads them, you know, before he get before he kisses the wife or the kids in the morning, he's straight on there reading the next phantom, the phantom um, panel. So, um, Stephen, you have something you just want a little, uh, you want a little whinge about, I think, is the way you put yeah. it before. Is that correct? That, that, that is correct. Um, yeah, so they're, they're boring. Okay. Um, they are. That they have been an absolute bore fest lately. It seems that um, the author Tony DePaul um, has forgotten that the Phantom is an action strip and not some Mary Worth soap opera. Discuss everything in minute detail. Bore fest. Okay. I don't read Mary Worth. I don't read any of that other rubbish. I read well. I read the Phantom. I read Hagar. I read the other ones that the paper carries. And um, yeah, it just. It's been crap, and the um, and, and it's sad to say that because the the strip is what, and I said this on the debate thing, um, the the strip is what hooked me in the first place, and it was the the book that um kept me there, and if you know you're a a, a kid and you got the paper there or 
or you've got your old man's iPad and you've still got the, the newspaper loaded up on there and you just happen to scroll across to have a look at the comics, it's not inspiring you to go out and get the 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 book, you know, the the um the through. And so it's in Fru's best interest that this comic that this strip is um actually good. Um mm. and I and I've got and I've been reading the, the um the Sundays as well. Um, they're not in the, in the paper. They're um, I have to wait until um, until um, King Features put them up online. But there's been more happening in that every week than um, than what's been happening in the in the dailies. So um, you know, the poor can write an action strip, and you know he's going to do that in the past. But lately, it's it's just he hasn't been doing it. And uh, and I've put three points here. So point one is the length of time it took to deliver the twins to their respective places of study, then having to go through their enrolments. That took for a bloody ever. Um, so the first had to figure out where they're going to go. Um, you know, and we got Hello, um, Heloise going over to the States, and we've got um, Kit heading up somewhere in the in the Himalayas. I'm not going to talk about what's what's happening because um, I don't want to spoil it for anyone. But it just seemed to take a hell of a long time to get there. Then a hell of a long time to you know enrol themselves into these places, and then for um, their parents or either the Phantom or Dana to leave, it just dragged. Um, point number two: there was this fantastic opportunity to get something happening with Eric Sahara, but instead Heloise decides it's not worth worrying about and heads off to class. It was just this perfect, I don't know, segue or, or point that you know she just called home and said, you know, when I was with, um, you know, the, the uh, Lamar, what's his name, with the president and stuff, well, you, well, you were missing there, Mum. No one knew about that, but this guy actually knows. What's the go with that? You know, you, you could get something happening there and that would send Bandom off somewhere. And I think in, I don't know if it was in a Sunday or a daily, he knows that um, Sahara's got some connection to this school that... Um, that Heloise is at, so why aren't they doing something with it? You know, surely they've they've got it in the pipeline for the future, but at the moment we need something like that now because it needs a a, a breath of air because it's dying. Um, and then th and just recently in this past week or maybe a fortnight I can't remember now, but um, we, we, we dragged on that much, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Did we really need a week or a fortnight of Diana not trusting the Phantom regarding the safety of Kit? You've gone through a dinner, which it seems like the Phantom is drinking a you know, glass of wine. Again, another thing harking back to that um, other issue. Um, and then, you know, she's still discussing it in bed and saying, oh, you're saying all this stuff, but I still don't trust you. And, you know, it just seems to be a rep repetitive every day or two, the same bloody thing. And now... The last thing we saw, um, it, we're gonna, he's going to show her that he can, that she can trust him. You know, I'll, I'll show you. Here, I've got something to see. So that's what we're going to get on Monday. By the looks of things, oh, I can't wait to see that. You know, that Diana can trust the Phantom. Of course, she can. Bloody well, trust the Phantom. It's the Phantom. Come on. So it's just, it's rubbish. It's boring. Hurry up and punch somebody and leave them, give them a skull mark because. <laughs> This, this is nothing. This is yeah. Well, hopefully, hopefully we'll see when it does come to Fru. Uh, Dudley and Glenn and Renee may hearken back to Fru of the 1950s and 60s, and then just edit the heck out of it, and uh, <laughs> everything you've described will be a page and a half. 
Well, it's something you wouldn't like to see in your heavy editing, but in this case, it's just... I'm, I'm, I don't apologise. I don't like it. It's good to see Stephen a little bit passionate on the podcast occasionally. It is. Like it is. <laughs> so I'm trying to contain myself. Everyone else is asleep. So I've got the doors closed and everything. So I can't get real fired. So if you hear the banging, it's you know, getting angry. Um, yeah, no... I'd, I don't think I don't think we'll discuss it too much because we don't want to go on too far, uh, too long. But I think it was I think it was definitely worth talking about, um, which is a bit of a bummer because I've been liking what Tony D. Paul has been doing, like with the Diana Death saga. Um, I quite like um, the the character of Sahara and of Eric and Sahara and of. So it's, it is. I've noticed, especially with the fa- uh, the twins' birthday when they got the cars from Mandrake and that, it, that was a little bit long winded. Well, this is still. Uh, a I think that's what it that started. Story. Yeah. yeah. This, this is still a continuation of that. Like, granted, it's probably been in about three or four parts, but it really is a continuation of of the of the twins' birthday. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it is a bit of a bummer. Um, you got anything quick you wanted to add to that one, Dan? No, I haven't been keeping up with the dailies, so I'll um, all right. I'll, I'll let Stephen's rant stand. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we will begin to wrap up. Uh, just to let people know that, as you can see, this is episode forty-nine. Now, normally we will we would have uh, split the fandom news and the fandom comics into two episodes, but the reason we haven't done that is because we don't want episode 50, which, let's face it, is a bit of a celebration, to be about the comics. We want, So we have joined these two together, and the next podcast, which is episode 50, is a bit of a special. We have a, a very special guest, um, which, is what, uh, which you'll be able to hear about and listen to very, very soon. So um, thank you for listening to 49 episodes so far um, and the 50th one to come up soon. Um, So we thank you for that. We thank you for listening to this podcast. Um, We also give uh, a big shout-out to everyone who has supported us on Patreon, um, which basically, uh, just to let those people know, we have reached the first goal, which now so fully pays for the podcast which is a huge relief to everyone, and it also means we can do longer podcasts and more often as well. So which... thank you very much, guys, but you've mm. brought this on yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. So don't forget to review us on iTunes. Uh, all positive feedback, of course. Um, make sure you send all your feedback off to Fru, which we talked about. Enjoy reading your comics. Uh, post everything up on social media, your new fan collecting uh, anything you want to sell and stuff like that. And goodbye from me and Jets. Happy phantoming, everybody. Enjoy. See ya. Bye. All right. So I've just got a message from Glenn Ford saying that he wants to talk to me, so that could be interesting. I'll tell him in the middle of a podcast and I'll call him afterwards. <laughs> no, put him live on air. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we <Just, we're> take live. <laughs> I got no idea what he wants. Um, okay, so to be honest, I never um, read King Five.